Welcome to the Confluence Investment Management Asset Allocation Weekly Report for November 12, 2021. Where are bond yields heading? An index that may be little known among many investors might provide some valuable clues. I'm Phil Adler. Joining us is Confluence Investment Management Market Strategist Patrick Fearon Hernandez. Patrick, an index called the Citigroup Economic Surprise Index is proving to be a fairly accurate predictor of future bond yields. What does this index measure? Well, hi, Phil. First, thanks so much for having me on the show. To answer your question, the Economic Surprise Index measures the extent to which the various economic data releases are coming in better than expected or worse than expected. Simple as that. So this index is not directly linked to any actual economic data? Well, the index is certainly related to actual economic data since it compares real actual data points to their expected level. When the actual data has been coming in above expectations, the index is positive. When the actual data has been coming in below expectations, the index is negative. But what the index is trying to gauge is how pleasantly surprised or bitterly disappointed analysts might be when they see that data. So I guess this exists in the arena of market psychology, which I understand can be pretty powerful. I've heard it said that the entire market is driven primarily by expectations. As a case in point, the economy might be doing great according to the numbers, but if it's not quite as great as we expected, we're disappointed. And those disappointed expectations can weigh on our financial decisions, which can in turn impact the markets and the economy. Right. When the data is coming in below expectations, you might expect investors to get more pessimistic about the future, which could reduce their willingness to buy risky assets, for example. In that case, they might shift their purchases towards safer, less volatile assets like fixed income. In contrast, when the data is coming in above expectations, it might bring out their animal spirits and make them more eager to buy risky assets and less eager for safer assets. How long have you been following this index? Well, the index actually goes back almost 20 years, although I've been looking at it for probably only about half that time. In any case, it's widely known and followed. In in fact, there are also versions for other countries, so the index is known and followed on a worldwide basis as well. And it has a proven record of anticipating bond yields over this period of time? Our analysis shows that the change in 10-year Treasury yields over the last three months, measured in basis points, is strongly related to the level of the index. When the index is strongly positive, Treasury yields tend to rise. When the index is strongly negative, Treasury yields tend to fall. Now, it's important to remember that lots of things can affect bond yields, and the index doesn't necessarily explain the majority of the move in yields. Yields often move more or less than our model might suggest. Nevertheless, our analysis offers good confirmation that there is a relationship between the two variables, and we think that relationship can be one tool in understanding where bond yields might be headed. Patrick, the performance of this index was one reason Confluence Investment Management decided to increase the allocation of longer-term bonds in your model portfolios back in the spring. Could you take us back to the economic conditions back then and, and guide us through the process which resulted in what turned out to be a correct decision on longer-term bonds? 
Well, as we entered the second quarter of the year, some inflation concerns were starting to percolate because of the extremely accommodative monetary policy of the Federal Reserve and the strong economic rebound from the pandemic. At the time, however, we believed that any inflation rise would be relatively temporary and that the Fed would impose yield curve control if necessary. Other indicators, including the sliding surprise index, also suggested that longer-term bond yields could be contained. At the same time, the yield curve had steepened somewhat over the last winter, making longer-term yields look relatively more attractive. Weighing the opportunities offered by a steeper yield curve versus what appeared to be a relatively benign outlook for future yields, we felt encouraged to modestly relax our short-duration posture. Now, when you talk about longer-term bonds, do you mean 30-year treasuries? Well, actually, we would consider longer-term bonds to encompass any maturity from 10 years and up. The 30-year treasury isn't that prevalent, and, and you could even consider it rather specialized. Besides, it doesn't have a long, continuous history, so it's hard to use it for analysis. Bonds with a maturity or duration from 10 years onward are more generally considered longer term. So what does this economic surprise index show lately? Well, since the middle of last year, the index has been weakening as the economy's initial unexpectedly strong recovery from the coronavirus pandemic began to moderate. Since it had started out at such a high level, it remained positive for most of the last six months, even as it gradually weakened. But it did recently turn negative. At the end of October, it stood at minus 16.1, indicating that recent economic reports have been disappointing on balance. You say that in the spring, investors were slow to focus on a moderating economy. In the headlines lately is the Fed's decision to tamp down a bond buying program that helped undergird the economy during the pandemic. How does the market, which we understand is ruled more or less by expectations, seem to be interpreting this? Compared with the spring, investors now are much more focused on the current elevated level of inflation. So there's a certain amount of acceptance or even relief that the Fed is starting to withdraw some of its stimulus. More important, however, it seems that the market is taking Chairman Powell at his word when he says that winding down the Fed's asset purchases won't necessarily lead to an immediate hike in interest rates. Investors do expect the Fed to start gradually raising interest rates late next year, right when a moderating economy will probably take some of the pressure off inflation. You can see that in the recent flattening of the yield curve. So the major thing to focus on is no surprises here, with the majority of analysts, along with many of the rest of us, now expecting a moderating economy. Yes, compared with just a few months ago, many analysts have been ratcheting down their economic growth forecasts, reflecting issues ranging from supply chain disruptions to the completion of pandemic reopenings and somewhat tighter monetary policy. But if they ratchet down their expectations too far and longer-term bond yields drop much further, there could eventually be a greater chance of positive economic surprises and some rebound in yields off in the future. 
Patrick, I have a specific Bond-related question for you. I've read a couple of articles, actually several articles, in the popular financial media lately, which argue now might be an ideal time to invest in inflation-protected treasuries, or TIPS. The argument seems to be based on expectations of higher interest rates. But is now actually an ideal time to invest in these products if the Citigroup Economic Surprise Index is accurate once again and yields stay for a while in a relatively limited range? That's a good question, especially since it gets to a point that investors often misunderstand about tips. Remember that tips are only designed to offer some protection against inflation, as measured by the CPI. They won't necessarily offer any protection against a rise in real interest rates. In other words, if bond yields rise beyond the expected increase in inflation, tips still could be hurt. While it's true that the Economic Surprise Index and other indicators suggest yields could be well-behaved for a while, a policy mistake or other unexpected shock to the economy or markets could still have a negative impact on bonds of all types. Well, as, as we come to a close, what economic trends might you be watching that do have the potential to shock us out of our expectations? Well, like everyone, we're watching closely to see if inflation really does moderate as anticipated, or if supply chain disruptions and labor shortages linger. More dramatically, we're also closely watching whether President Biden will renominate Chairman Powell to a second term as head of the Fed. If he doesn't, there would be increased risk of volatility in the financial markets. And of course, other potential risks include any resurgence in the coronavirus, a potential failure of President Biden's next economic proposals in Congress, a debt ceiling crisis, or some kind of geopolitical event like increased tensions with China. And finally, what are some of the other indexes and measurements besides this economic surprise index that you pay attention to as you try to predict bond yields? We also focus on a range of particular economic indicators like trends in CPI inflation, oil prices, foreign bond yields, economic growth rates, labor market trends, and the Fed's benchmark Fed funds interest rate. Our philosophy is that it's better to consider a range of indicators since no one indicator is ever perfect. We try to judge where things are going based on a wide variety of indicators, which hopefully will provide a consistent picture of how the world's developing. Thank you, Patrick. Our discussion today is based upon sources and data believed to be accurate and reliable. We wish to state that opinions and forward-looking statements expressed are subject to change without notice. This information does not constitute a solicitation or an offer to buy or sell any security. Our engineer is Dane Stoll. I'm Phil Adler. <music>